Sydney and Lexi last night. Yeah, that'll bless you. Amen. We did. We had a great time and, and bought some gifts for our Safe Place Angels, and uh, it, was a, it was a great time. It was, we had a lot of fun. But you know, last week, uh, we began our Christmas series entitled, Tis the Season. And in our first message, we found out that God, especially in this season, uh, wants this to be a season of singing, that singing brings great joy if you'd only try it, amen? But it's also a season of sharing. And we talked about the fact that God has just poured out his abundance on us, so we ought to share it. Amen? But we also learned that this is a season of serving. That just as the Lord Jesus came not to be served, but to serve, uh, so are we to do likewise. I believe, friend, that the only way that we can truly please God is to do what the subject matter of today's message says. And that is, we need to know that tis also the season to submit. To submit. I believe the only way that we can truly please God is to submit to a close, intimate relationship with God that happens every minute of every day, of every week, of every month, and every year. We need to submit to that close, intimate relationship with Him. Before I get going, though, let me tell you a story about a police officer who stopped a driver. And the police officer said, since you are wearing your seatbelt, you have won $5,000. What are you going to do with all that money? The man said, well, I think I'm going to take it and go get me a driver's license. <laughs> then the lady next door to him said, well, don't listen to him, officer. He always talks crazy when he's drunk. And then all that loud talking woke up the guy in the back seat, and he said, uh, well, I knew we wouldn't get very far in this stolen car. <laughs> and then about that time, the police officer heard a voice from the trunk in Spanish saying, are we over the border yet? <laughs> what about this seatbelt business? How do you like the fact that the United States government is getting into the car with you and commanding you to strap on your seatbelt. Do you wear your seatbelt? Yeah. I think a lot more people do than what they used to. Some people, though, don't want to be bothered. Some people don't want to hear it. They just assume disobey the law that says click it or ticket. Amen? Like this one man, according to the Associated Press, the police ticketed Ivan Segedin 32 times over five years for failing to use his seatbelt. Even though it was costing him big money, Segedin refused to buckle up. He was a lot like Brother Richard, amen? <laughs> Finally, instead of obeying the law, the man decided he was going to rely on deception. And he made this fake seatbelt that went across his shoulder to make it appear like he was wearing his seatbelt when he really wasn't. And that trick worked for a long time until he had a head-on collision, was thrown through the windshield, and was killed. That man's disobedience caused his death. And I want to tell you that if we don't submit to obedience to God, we're going to have trouble too. And that may even involve our death. 
In the Bible, Romans chapter 8, verse 7, the Bible says that the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. You see, the person who lives in sin and lives for sin and who does not and will not submit to God will eventually pay the penalty for not submitting. There's a price. It's coming eventually. The Bible says that the wages, the penalty, the consequences of sin is death. But what about Christian people? Those already saved by faith in Christ Jesus. Do we have to submit? Do we have to submit to God in obedience? How many people here call Jesus Lord? Raise your hands. Keep them up. Okay, put them down. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. You see, a whole lot of people are real quick to call Jesus their Lord, but they don't want to do anything he tells them to do. Jesus is clear. That accepting him as Lord means you have to obey what he says to do. In fact, he even said it in Luke chapter 6. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I tell you to do? But you know, if we're honest with each other, obeying the Lord can be pretty tough. Obeying the Lord can be difficult sometimes. Obedience can be difficult. In fact, it can be one of the hardest things we ever learn to do in life, if we ever do at all. Why is obedience so hard for us to learn? Can somebody help me out? Why is obedience to God such a difficult thing for us to learn? Help me out. Anybody got any ideas? We're like children. It's not our ideas, it's His. We have a rebellious nature. I think you're all over it. All these things are so true. Our natural tendency is to do what we want to do. The child's natural tendency is to do what he wants to do, not what mama and daddy tells him to do. Our natural tendency is to do our own thing. It's called our sin nature. It's called our dark side, if you will. We don't like to think about it. We certainly don't like to talk about it. And we absolutely don't like to own up to it. But it's true, and every one of us have it. But Luke chapter 11, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. He also said, If you love me, you will obey what I command. Now, how many of you know that in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said, I want you to go and make disciples. How many know that? 
that Jesus said, I want all of you disciples to go and make disciples. Raise your hand if you know Jesus said that. Are you a disciple? Have you made one Have you made one disciple in your lifetime? Will you make one disciple in your lifetime? I want you to say this with me. One making one. Say that with me. One disciple making another disciple. One disciple making another disciple. That is Jesus' command to those who call him Lord. One making one. And I want you to begin praying now, this month, for the, for the future and for the vision of this church to be one making one. Because I'm going to challenge every single member of this church to make one next year. To pray for, to share with, to teach, to spend time with one single person next year. One disciple is all I'm asking you to make. Can you imagine what would happen if at the end of next year, everyone took hold of what I'm asking you to do, and made one disciple. There's 70 in here. Next Christmas, we'd have how many? 140. If we continue that on the next year, not only would we have another 140, but we'd have another 140 because those 70 that we shared with would also make one. One making one. And just two years would be over 300 if you'd make one. It's not addition, it's multiplication. You'll hear more about that. One making one. Say it with me again. One one. Say it again. One it's pretty simple, isn't it? One making one. you got all year, but you got to start early because it's going to take a while to make a disciple. Amen. We don't make them in the microwave, we make them in the oven, amen? So that's what we're going to do. But Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, we will come to him, and we will make our home with him. Do you want Jesus to be at home in you? You better believe you do. Do you want him to dwell in you always, or just when you come to him in prayer? Do you want him to dwell with you always, or just when you come to church? Always, if you love me, you will obey what I command. What did he command? Go and make disciples, one making one. And since this is the time of year where people are kind of thinking about God anyway, they're already beginning to think about Jesus and the birth of Christ. They're already thinking about eternal life and the implications it has on their own life. Well, then I think maybe we ought to start now. 
Begin thinking, begin praying about who God might put in your life so that one can make one, amen? I think it's time that we all need to be reminded that God makes the rules. And his rule is, go make disciples. Go make one. One making one. It's his will that will be done. And we need to know that he makes the rules. But you see, sometimes Christians get this idea in their head that God is simply our great giver. All he's got to do is just give me what I need. He Give me what I want. That's what we think sometimes. We think sometimes that God's only here to please me. He's only here to do for me. But that's not the case. Sometimes we think we can play, go have fun, go on our merry way. We can do anything our want, we want, and we don't have to do what the Bible says. We think that God is only here for our good and that we're not here for his good and for his glory. Friend, listen to me. Don't be deceived. You're here for God's glory, not him there for your glory or for your good. You're commanded to go make one. And in 2013, I'm praying that the Lord will enable me and enable the leaders of this church to equip you to go make one. It won't be lambs to the wolves. You'll know how to go about making one. But since God is God, and God is the one who gives us every good and perfect gift, including the ultimate promise of eternal life, then he still requires that we submit to him. He still requires that we obey him. Friend, tis the season to submit to God. Why not start now? In this message, two points. People love messages with only two points. You know why? Because what? They're short. Amen. That's exactly right. This was not short. I'm only kidding. Let's see how important it is, and let's see what will, ha- be ha- what will happen when we do what God asks us to do and submit. First of all, you need to know that submission to God brings life. Submission to God brings life. Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible says, Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? You see, submitting to God, who is the daddy, if you will, he is the father of our human spirit. He's the one that brought life to us. He's the one who gave life to us. He gives us life, and he gives us better life. He gives us overwhelming life. He gives us abundant life when, say when, when we submit to him. When I was about 12 years old, my stepdad told my four brothers and I not to visit the two sisters next door unless their parents were home. But one day, I forgot. (laughs) And all five of us boys went to visit the sisters next door while their parents were at work. After about an hour... We heard a knock on our neighbor's door, and one of the sisters got up and went and answered the door, and it was Dad. Suddenly, I remembered. (laughs) And as all five of us brothers filed out of the house, every one of us got a powerful swat on the backside. But it was only later that we learned that Dad had come home early, because he wanted to take us all out to eat 
and go to the go-kart track for some family fun. But because of our disobedience, he didn't take us. He didn't withhold the fun because he didn't love us. He withheld his blessing because we didn't submit to his instructions. Do you think that any of us boys ever pulled that trick again? Never. Now, of course, I did a lot of other stupid things that I shouldn't have done, but never again did I go over to the sisters next door without their parents being home. Did your parents ever discipline you? Mm-hmm. Did you respect them? Probably not at the time, but do you respect them now for their, for their discipline? If you submitted to their instruction, didn't life go better for you? That's why Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and through 3 are so important to children. Because it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Listen, that it may go well with you, and you may enjoy long life on earth. There it is. When children submit to their parents and obey them, things go well for them. When children submit to their parents and obey them, guess what? They enjoy a better life. But if kids disobey mom and dad, they're asking for trouble. The same principle applies to our Heavenly Father. When we obey Him, when we submit to Him, life is going to be better for us. But if you don't, watch out. Hebrews chapter 12 gives us encouragement that has two parts. Listen carefully. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as children of God. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Don't take his discipline lightly. And two, don't lose heart when he does rebuke you because the Lord disciplines those who he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as a child. Have you ever been disciplined by God for some way that you disobeyed him? If you, don't, if you can't recall it, Chances are you have, you just chosen not to remember it, amen? It could have been a lost job. It could have been a catastrophe of some sort. It could have been uh, some kind of financial loss. It could be any number of things. Now, I know that God doesn't cause bad things to come upon his children, but I do believe that God disciplines us from time to time by allowing bad things to come to those who disobey him. You see, there are times when God disciplines his own when they're heading down the wrong path, when they're going the wrong way and he wants to redirect them. Sometimes he has to get their attention. And so he disciplines us for our good. He's not trying to hurt us. He's trying to help us. He's trying to get us to wake up and look up. Amen? 
He's trying to get our attention. He's trying to bless us. He's trying to pour out abundant life for us here on earth. But to do this, there are times when he has to shake us up to wake us up. Amen? There have been times in my life where I've been shook up. And you know what happened? Praise God. I woke up. Woke up and started flying right. Amen? I read this about Bobby Richardson. He was at a meeting of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And Bobby was a former Yankee second baseman. And he offered this prayer. And this prayer is a classic prayer because it's short. How many of you like short prayers? Amen? Everybody likes short prayers. Listen to this one. You'll love it. Dear God, your will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Amen. That, friend, is submission to God. Your will and your will alone. Saying I will, saying I submit will bring life to your lives. But submission to God will also give victory to your life. The end of James chapter 4 verse 7 reads as follows. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, that's a, a truth if I ever heard it. But you know what? It misses the real meat of the verse. Because so many people focus improperly on that part of the verse without focusing on the first part of the verse. The first part of the verse says, Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The devil ain't scared of you. If you try to resist him in your own power, he ain't fleeing nowhere. But if you submit to God, if you submit to God, the power of God will cause him to flee from you. That is a promise. But guess what happens if we don't submit to God? If we don't submit to God, one thing I can assure you of is that you will submit to someone else. You'll submit to your own selfish, fleshly desires. You may submit to Satan's desires. You may submit to the worldly desires if you don't submit to God. Years ago, I remember cartoons on TV that showed a character, and I think it was Yosemite Sam. But Yosemite Sam used to have uh, two characters on each shoulder. One was a little angel, Yosemite Sam, and the other one was a little devil, Yosemite Sam. And each one would whisper in his ear, trying to urge him to, to come his way. You know, there's no scriptural evidence for, for that kind of thinking, but I think there is this glimmer of truth in that cartoon. Because the devil is constantly tempting us to do evil. He's constantly tempting you to do evil. Although he may not verbally whisper in your ear, the evil one, the tempter, not God, is the one who wants you to do evil. The devil is evil. And he is the one behind all the evil in the world. But there are many people who are being duped by the devil. They're being duped by the devil and they don't even know it. They're following him, and they ain't even got an idea why they're doing it. And if someone doesn't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then in one sense, they already belong to Satan. So he don't have to work very hard 
to get to them. But Satan wants to deceive everybody, not just unbelievers. He wants to deceive everybody, including those who are already Christians, but he's got to work extra hard to get to the child of God. Believe me, friend, he's working on you. Believe me, he's working on us. He's working on all Christians, and he's tireless, and he never gives up. In fact, I've heard it said that we all love to have days off. We all love to have holidays, but the devil never takes a holiday. He's tireless and never gives up. Christian author C.S. Lewis wrote this. He said, There is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch and every split second is claimed by God. But it's also counterclaimed by Satan. I mean, just look at the, the broken heroes in the Bible. That's what I love about the Bible. The Bible's real, you know it? It tells about the good stuff that people do, but it also tells about the bad stuff, amen? Look at all the broken heroes in the Bible. The first two people on, on the planet, Adam and Eve. They were tempted and sinned. Think about Cain, who killed his brother Abel in a jealous rage. Think about Moses. He got mad at that Egyptian, killed him. Abraham lied about being his wife's husband. David committed adultery and murder. King Saul, destroyed by pride. King Herod, brought down by jealousy and fear. Ananias and Sapphira, they were devoured by greed. And Judas, destroyed by materialism. Why? Why did those things happen to God's people? Tell me. Yes, what else? They didn't submit to God. They failed to submit to God. Had they submitted to an intimate, close relationship with God day after day, they could have avoided a whole lot of pain and a whole lot of sin. Friends, when we fail to submit to God, there's no way we can experience victory in our lives. When we do uh, when we don't submit, we're going to experience defeat. We're going to experience failure. We're going to experience misery. We're not going to have any joy. We talked about this Wednesday in our Bible study. You know one of the biggest reasons why people have no joy in their lives? There's really two reasons. The reason that people have no joy is they're either out of fellowship with God or they're out of fellowship with other believers. And I believe you've got to have both. You can't be in fellowship with God in your living room. You've got to be in fellowship with God and fellowship with other believers. That's why God created the church. So it would be an encouragement to one another. A joyful encouragement to one another. I want some joy, amen? And I'm not going to miss a single meeting. Because you bring me joy. But if we submit to God's will, if we do what he knows, what we know he wants us to do, then we're going to be blessed with victory. And we're going to be insured of success in this life. 
When George Mueller, a missionary from the 1800s, when he started the Ashley Down Orphanage, uh, he had $5 to his name. $5! But over the next 60 years, God would send more than $7,500,000 to provide shelter, to provide food, to provide education for over 10,000 homeless children. New buildings were purchased. Staff was hired. Thousands of children never missed a meal. Many times there were prayers that were said over an empty plate just to have the food come in the nick of time. Someone once asked Mueller, what is the secret of your success in the Christian life? And I want you to listen carefully to what he said. He said, there was a day. There was a day. And I pray that today is your day. George Mueller said, there was a day when I died. There was a day when I utterly died. I died to George Mueller. I died to his opinions, his preferences. I died to his taste. I died to his will. I died to the world and its approval and its criticism. I even died to the approval of my friends and family. And since then, I have studied only to show myself approved unto God. Has there been a day when you die? Does your life today reflect that death? Submission to God brings victory in this life. It brings victory over sin. It brings victory over self. It brings victory over Satan. Submission to God brings victory over all of life's problems. problem is is that many won't submit I read one time that next to the person who doesn't pay his bill the doctor's most annoying patient is the one who refuses to follow orders it's been estimated that 90% of all patients have half empty pill bottles they cheat on diets. They continue to smoke. They never return for checkups despite careful prescriptions and cautious advice. Now, I know what you're thinking. Brother Bill, mind your own business. <laughs> but you know that failing to follow your doctor's advice can get you into a whole heap of trouble. It can get you in a whole heap of trouble and even worse. But I want to tell you this morning that failing to listen to the great physician will get you into a bigger heap of trouble. Obey him and have victory. Reject him, refuse him, and disobey him, and you end for a whole heap of trouble. Tis the season, I say, 
to submit to God? Have you submitted to God by acknowledging that you have a sin crisis? Now, a crisis is defined as a catastrophe. Uh, A crisis is defined as something so awful that it's life-threatening. Have you submitted to God by acknowledging that you've got a sin catastrophe on your hands? Have you further submitted to God by trusting that Jesus Christ is the only way? The only way. The only way that God deals with your sin catastrophe and offers you heaven? Jesus is the only way. We have a decision time at the end of every service. And the purpose is the same. To invite those who have never before submitted themselves to Jesus Christ, but also to invite the Christian who has not been submitting to God. So I pray that you've looked into the mirror of God's Word this morning and that you've seen clearly that He's talking to you. He's talking to all of us, including the one that's speaking to you. And he's told us all, I want you to make disciples. I want you to have life and life in all of its abundance. And I want you to have life filled with victory. But it's only going to happen when you submit to me. Do you submit to God? Today is a day where you can re-examine the level of your commitment to God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord above, I thank you for Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed on Calvary's cross that we might have eternal life through belief in him. Lord, help the one that doesn't know you, that doesn't have a relationship with you because they've never given themselves to Christ. Help them to know that today they can do that. Father, for the Christian who's been living a life and maybe even doing good things. But they're saying, Lord, Lord. But they're not doing what Jesus told them to do. Lord, help us to be obedient. Help us to submit. Because your way is best. And your way brings life in all of its abundance. And your way brings victory. Those are two things we desperately need. And so, Lord, we pray that you would begin in our hearts today. And, Lord, help us to submit to you the way you so richly deserve. In Jesus' name and all God's people said.